0: This is Ross Valerie of Journey, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks.
1: Hey, what's happening? This is Jerry Dixon, and I'm a rockaholic, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Thank you very much. Yeah. Great up. All right, Pittsburgh! You yeah. are
2: the-
0: That's a really good interview, John. You kind of covered a whole bunch of things.
3: Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Iron City Rocks Podcast. I'm your host, John. The Iron City Rocks Podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh's rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues music scene. Episode 109, we've got two very special guests from two bands that I've been a big fan of for a very long time. Joining us first from the band Journey... Ross Valerie original bass player and current bass player Journey has just released a new CD available uh, called Eclipse it's available in physical form at Walmart or online Uh, I believe you can get it at iTunes I know you can get it at Amazon.com as an mp3 download and they will be selling it at the show so be sure to check that out they will also be coming to the post Gazette Pavilion this August, August 27th, I believe is the date to be specific. They'll be playing out there uh, with a couple other bands doing a, a show. And also joining us on the show from the band Warrant, uh from the eighties fame. I know many people know them only as the band that did Cherry Pie. Um, I actually was a big fan of their first album, Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich. Uh original and current bass player Jerry Dixon will be joining us on the show. They have a new CD that was just released earlier this week. Uh, The album is called Rockaholic. It does feature the original lineup except the original vocalist. Um, He has had some demons that he is working through. The vocalist on this album is Robert Mason. The name may not ring a bell right off the uh, top of your head, but he was a vocalist of the Lynch Mob for a period of time, so... Robert Mason is now fronting the band Warrant. They are back out on the road. Just had a very successful gig down in Baltimore at the M3 Rock Festival. Uh, you can check out YouTube links for those. So without further ado, we're going to get an interview with founding member of Journey, Ross Valerie. Talk to me. Talk to me.
2: Small town girl, living in a lonely world She took the midnight train, going anywhere Yes, a city boy, born and raised in South Detroit took the
3: Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show from the band Journey. This is Ross Valerie. How are you doing today, Ross?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I have uh, what remains of uh, a month off in between South America and Europe. I've done a few days, and then we uh, started up in May. We've got a couple of shows in Florida. Unfortunately, folks, you can not attend them. They're private uh, corporate shows. <laughs> and when we're done with that, we begin in uh, the British Isles for two weeks. And then we do the uh, main festivals in Europe for the remaining uh, for another month. So we got six weeks in Europe coming up at the end of
3: May. Yeah, and in the meantime, you've got uh, the release of Eclipse later this month and a tour of the U.S. later this summer, which I will uh, have the pleasure of seeing. Can you tell me just a little bit about Eclipse, um, what the process in getting the album ready was? Well,
0: first of all, it, it's uh, going to be released on the 24th of May. Mm-hmm. And the background on it is that it is probably the most different album that we've produced in in quite a while.
3: Okay.
0: And it, it is the second album that we produced with Arno Panetta. I would say that the Eclipse has got a lot of hard-hitting music to it. Uh, a lot of hard-hitting compositions, and of course, no journey album can be pass uh, muster without at least one or two ballads, which she sure. has. Um, Neil John uh, had an idea in the, the creation of this album of sort of harkening back, of looking back at some of the earlier journey styles that have not been approached in a while. Our okay. uh, journey was, a, at one point, a, a fairly hard rock band.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: These were in the beginning years between 1972 and 1978. Mm-hmm. And even with uh, the arrival of, of Stephen Perry in we were still getting some hard music. Even though we had the torso ballad so long and sort of. it he flips. Looking back to some of the uh, the more hard-hitting uh, compositions. Or at least the hard-hitting ideas, the rhythms, the approaches. So it is not necessarily a retrospective, but it is certainly a much um, uh, harder-hitting uh, album when we put out. quite a lot.
3: Now, is is the writing still predominantly Neil and Jonathan? on this Neil song? and
0: Jonathan and Arnell, in this case, has contributed to a couple okay. of, a couple of In fact, he, uh, he wrote a song which... Uh, they cooperated with the landfall to whom they made concern. But yes, predominantly Neil and Jonathan, as Neil and Jonathan and Sue Ferry in the older days were the big three and yeah. created uh, pretty much most of those hits that were sure. from Neil and yeah. So yes, John and Neil are predominantly riding in person and faced with a little bit of
3: our Sure. Now, well, Eclipse, uh, is it going to be another, uh, in the United States, going to be another Walmart exclusive? Is that the plan? Well,
0: well, let's reword that. It will be a Walmart release, but it's never been exclusive. The album has always been available at our our, our performance venues, at our shows, and has been and will be also available at our website. Okay. But the main release will again be Walmart.
3: Which, yeah. And
0: uh, some people wonder, gee, why Walmart? Well, it, it works. Yeah, you, you and had a, and, you, and in, a, in, a, in an age in which the middleman of record companies has pretty well disappeared, you don't have somebody in the middle, uh, taking most of the money. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and as a result of, of, of having this oppor- third, fourth opportunity at Walmart, what you have is a product that gets to the consumer for a lot less money. Absolutely. Walmart, Walmart takes their piece. And the band actually does better than it would with the record company, so everybody's happy, especially the consumer. Yeah. So our first release was, of course, with Arnel, in which we re-recorded the uh, greatest hits. It was a three-disc album: mm-hmm. greatest hits, new creations, and a DVD. And uh, the second release was uh, live in Manila, mm-hmm. and this will be the third release with Walmart.
3: Yeah, and. and the 24th. You're right. You can't really argue with a success when you have a platinum album in 2008, um, no matter how you do it. Right, um, right. Which is right. It's outstanding to, to think. If
0: it works, don't fix it.
3: Exactly, exactly. And, and how many other bands have followed suit? I mean, KISS was right well, there actually, behind you.
0: Well, we followed suit, I believe, to...
3: ACDC, I maybe? Was,
0: I think it was Flint Black and then the Eagles. Okay. And, and I believe other people have gone to Walmart. I'm not sure, so you can't quote me, but I think, was it Sticks?
1: I think I, I
0: heard room. I heard rumors that Paul McCartney was going to go that way, but I'm really not sure. But yeah. several have, have done this, and we were not the first.
3: Sure. Now, um, the the situation with, um, obviously, Steve Perry's been out of the band now for a while, and Steve Azieri. Came in to take his place, so I was was quite uh, a big fan of. Can you just talk a little bit about what led Steve to to leave the band and how Arnell? I mean, how you were approached? You know, obviously the stories of him being found on YouTube were brought up, but how you were approached by Neil or whomever, kind of brought this guy to your attention. What were your thoughts on getting your singer from YouTube?
0: Okay, you wanted to first ask about what happened with Steve by uh, Jerry? Yeah, Steve by uh, Jerry had developed and it wasn't really understood until he was diagnosed pretty well late in the game and he was, he was with us for a good eight years. Yeah. Um, he had developed a yeast infection of his throat. Okay. And, um, it was one of these things that developed slowly and eventually just pretty much took his voice away. And, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and we were just beginning a, our, our co-headline tour with, uh, Death Leopard, mm-hmm. and his voice just completely went at that point. Fortunately, yeah, for him, he has recovered and is active musically. He's been doing some things with uh, Tall Stories or members of Tall Stories, which was the band that he had come from. And he's uh, he's out and about. He's he's active mm-hmm. musically, and that's that's the good the good yeah. part. But also, we were able to bring in a uh, a replacement singer at least. For the tour, mm-hmm. Jeff Papsoto, who did a good job of covering the basses and stepped right in, was familiar with the music and, and uh, pretty well helped us do very well through the uh, Journey Jeff Leopard tour. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Jeff is a great singer, he's not necessarily a, a Journey type singer. Yeah. So uh, we had to consider his 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 time with us as as temporary, and you did a very good job of, of stepping in there and helping. Uh, and and then the next came uh, the pro- the proposal for a Walmart deal, which would have been our first uh, release there. Yeah. Except that we didn't have a singer, and it was sort of it was sort of the eleventh hour because yeah. we had a deal, we didn't have a singer, but. It's not as though it was entirely pressingly urgent, but Neil happened to, to figure what the heck. And, and Neil searched the, the net a lot in, in terms mm-hmm. of music. So he decided just to go to YouTube and punch in the search words uh, journey vocalist. And he saw, of course, a million Yeah. But he ran across, pardon me, I got a cough, Edit. I'm getting over bronchitis. Anyhow, okay, we're back. He ran across some um, video clips made by Arnell Panetta's friends in Manila of Arnell performing with his band, the Zoo, at a club in Manila. Mm-hmm. The video audio quality was not the greatest, but this band, the Zoo, with Arnell, performed... Uh, They were a cover band. They covered all kinds of stuff. So among the things that Neil heard Arnell do uh, on these, I think there were maybe 40 clips with Neil Stang, Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, and about six or seven Journey songs. And Neil could tell by, in spite of the lack of quality, you could tell this guy is singing it, and the content was unmistakably Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Neil gets a hold of Arnell's friend whose email is listed on the YouTube site. Yeah. He contacts this guy by email in the middle of the night. Of course, the first thing he does is he phones up Jonathan and goes, on, turn on, wake up, turn on your computer and listen to this. Look at this guy, right? Yeah. So it means that Neil contacts uh, Arnell's mm-hmm. friend by email. Arnell's friend contacts Arnell and says, hey, I've just gotten an email from Neil Schein in the United States who wants to talk to you. And typically and understandably, Arnell goes, oh, this is a hoax. That's yeah. A hoax. yeah. That, that am my sure right? And that guy goes, listen, you can contact him through me, and therefore you're safe, you know, secure yeah. identity. You have got nothing to lose. Contact him through me and, and play it out, see what's up. So Arnell contacts Neil through the common envoy there. Mm-hmm. They make contact. Arnell decides this is for real. They exchange phone numbers and then they talk on the phone. And of course, uh, not of course, Journey is one of, you know, Arnell's dream bands. Okay. And now he's getting a call from them asking him to come to the United States and audition.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: that was arranged. And, uh, uh it, it was. It's not an easy thing to get any kind of a visa from the Philippines to the United States. It, it, it's not sure. that it's an unfriendly relationship. There's just a lot of Filipinos in the United States already. So it's, yeah, uh, whether it's a quota thing or a political thing, anyhow, it, it was arranged fairly smoothly, and Rennell came over and auditioned, and of course it was. Um, Almost a matter of course. So, yeah. from that point, we, we went ahead and engaged him to join the band. And as a result, we had, we were in time to record our two disc album for our first release on, uh, on, um, Walmart, mm-hmm. which included a, a DVD of, I think it was his full performance with the band from Las Vegas. Yeah. So that's how it happened. Yeah. And, and, uh, Boy, what a singer!
3: Yeah, and to, singer. to that end, we had uh, just spoken to in our, in our one of our previous episodes the film crew who are making the documentary on Arnell's, kind of uh, to to be a little bit corny, his journey into the band. Uh, the, yeah. the film called "Don't Stop Believing: Every Man's Journey." Now, uh, the band obviously not as we had kind of detailed in that interview, not involved in the picture in the sense that it's an indie film. But I mean, were you guys? interviewed for the picture at all?
0: Oh, absolutely. Ramona is a an American uh, Filipino, mm-hmm. so there is a definite connection there, but she is an independent filmmaker out of uh, Baltimore, yep. and she spent she more than I would say more than two years in and out of the band's activities and covering almost every aspect of our activities, mm-hmm. including interviews, yes. Sure. But so it's a very, very thorough film. Uh, I have yet to see any footage of it, and it, it, there's so much footage. I'm sure that the work she has to do is yeah, beyond, yeah. beyond extensive. Yeah. But she covered every aspect of our activities, and her, her ambition, as I understand it, is is that it's a film, it's not made-for-TV kind of thing. Even sure. though it may, may well end up on television, but her ambition has been to, once it's completed, which I'm not sure it is yet, no. to take it to the film festivals.
3: Yeah, yeah they're actually... When,
0: when she has in mind, and I recall talking to her about this, I don't remember the details, but she has certain film festivals in mind that are either more attuned to something like this kind of documentary. Mm-hmm. Her hope has been Get it to film festivals and to get it into theaters. Sure,
3: yeah, they're actually
0: that's an interesting different outlook, at least for uh, an enterprise like ours, which is generally more television oriented, if at all. So there you have it.
3: Yeah, she actually is. is, is...
0: Pardon me, I'm going to copy. Sure. Edit. Okay, we're back.
3: Yeah, Ramona is actually, I just spoke with her, and she they're in the editing phase of the film now, which is, I'm sure, a very daunting task to go through all oh, of that. Oh,
0: man, there, there's just hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of hours of footage.
3: Yeah. Just uh, two quick questions before I turn you loose. Um, do you see at any point down the road where there might be another Storm record?
0: I doubt it. Um, for one, well, you know what? Kevin Chalfont has uh a, an agreement with Greg Raleigh to perform as the store. Okay. Um, meantime, Greg Raleigh has been pursuing his his own uh group, his own act, Greg Raleigh, mm-hmm. for several years. And um, I don't see at least my involvement with another Storm album because it would be in direct competition with what I'm now doing with Journey. Sure. That doesn't mean that Greg and Kevin may not get together and release mm. another Storm album. Mm. But uh, along along that subject, the Storm was a great band, mm-hmm. but it but it, it it arrived at a time in which the music industry and that was. As record companies still existed, yeah. we're moving towards uh, other types and styles of music. And it was not as though there wasn't an audience for the Storms kind of music any more than there is no, to say that there isn't an audience for Journey's kind of music. But yeah. The powers that be were looking elsewhere and they were also looking at, you know, picking up groups that were inexpensive mm-hmm. because they were new. And they were picking up groups for pennies on the dollar and owning a considerable amount of their their uh, writers and publishing royalties. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was just it was one of those things in which there wasn't an audience or a market for the storms kind of music. It's that the people that were spending the money and promoting music at that time had no interest.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, the and music
0: again. Um, Gee, would the storm on the coattails of Journey's reemergence be successful? I don't know. I can only certainly say that I wouldn't be able to be involved or mm-hmm. wouldn't want to be involved because uh, Journey has been on the march again now since 1998, and the storm left off in, what, 1992? Yeah. We were the first band, the storm was the first band to sign with Interscope Records. hmm and we made our first album with them. We came to them with the second second album. And are you with me? Yeah. And we came to them with our second album, and they said, oh, well, this is great. This is even better than the first one. It's brilliant. But guess what? We no longer have a promotional department for this kind of music. So our managers at the time, Scott Bure and Herbie Herbert, negotiated that we would walk with the product. So we walked. We walked away with the product, paid for by them. Great, great deal. And then we went to shop it with, with with other uh, record companies, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of these uh, reps would say, "Boy, this is great stuff." But they'd be looking over their shoulder and going, "Well, nobody else is doing this, and we might be going out on the limb. This is great stuff, but it was a whole new format, a whole new approach, so we can't do it." So. That's that's
3: the way it is. Um, One kind of final question that I'm sure kind of nags at a lot of fans of Journey. Uh, You guys have sold, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of 75 million albums, but there's a certain uh, venue in Cleveland called the Hall of Fame that seems to 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 open its doors. Um, Any thoughts on that? Yes,
0: and I have a cynical and... Let's say very disappointed thoughts about the, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Uh, it appears that their format, their policy for inducting and placing on um, the roster of great bands is, I don't know, politically based. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is, but, um, it's been decades. <laughs> It's been. It's probably we were eligible the, the the moment that that institution was created, and for yeah. some reason we're not there yet. I don't know why, and uh, it, it's just it's it's a mystery. But then again, that's I guess just the way of the world. Um, along that line, I have to mention two other events. One was the San Francisco Walk of Fame, the Bill Graham mm-hmm. Walk of Fame. Uh, we are a San Francisco band and considered, I think, a San Francisco phenomenon from what thirty-eight years of existence as Journey. Yeah. If it wasn't for our fans pressuring that organization, we would not have been placed in 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 in, in, in there. Um, and then there's the Hollywood Walk of Fame. If it were not for the pressure from our fans, we would not exist there either. So. Something tells me that if we're ever going to make it to the Cleveland (laughs) Hall of Fame, it will be because the fans pound on their doors. It just bugs the crap out of them. until they go, okay, all right, all right. And and what's that worth? I don't know what that's worth.
3: Yeah. It
0: takes pressure rather than recognition to be placed uh, rightfully among the other people and the other artists and the other bands on that list. I don't know. I don't lose sleep over it. Sure. But when the subject comes up, i get kind of like a little cynical. Yeah. And again, there's many things in life one could be cynical about that I don't lose sleep over.
3: Ross, thank you so much. I, I deeply appreciate it.
0: That'll be twenty bucks for the promo, though. Okay. That, I,
3: I can give you twenty-five. That was a good one.
0: All right. I'll see you at the show. All right. Take care, man. So take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.
3: The unmistakable sound. And I don't know.
2: Of the Goo Goo Dolls. I just want you to know July 27th, 6 p.m. Doors, Stage AE, AE Outdoors. Oh, playing all the hits as well as songs from the new album, Something for the Rest of Us. The one and only, only Goo Goo Dolls. With special guests, Michelle Branch and Parachute. Eyes, July 27th, 6 p.m. Doors, Stage AE, AE Outdoors. Oh, Tickets are on sale now at all Ticketmaster locations. Charge by phone at 800-745-3000 or online at Ticketmaster.com. For more information, visit PromoWestLive.com. The Goo Goo Dolls with special guests, Michelle Branch and Parachute. For more information, stop by Goo
4: Don't miss your chance to see the Goo Goo Dolls. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore. Their musical legacy spans over four decades. The Doobie Brothers. In concert, August 18th, 7.30 at Total Media Amphitheater at Station Square. From all those sing-along classics to music from their new hit CD, World Gone Crazy. Reserve seat tickets go on sale Saturday at noon. At All Ticketmaster Outlets, Ticketmaster.com or call 1-800-745-3000. Presented by Drusky Entertainment and Pittsburgh Concert Group.
3: All right, much thanks goes out to Ross Valerie of the band Journey. Uh, Hard to imagine, 75 million albums sold worldwide. Uh, Their greatest hits package continues to sell between a half a million and a million albums a year. To give you perspective, that's a gold record or a platinum album every year um, just with that title. Their last album that was out through Walmart, I know a little bit of criticism. They were one of the first bands to jump on the Walmart only uh, bandwagon but um, the album went platinum so in a day and age when albums don't go platinum anymore uh, you can't deny the success of Journey uh, the number one selling song on iTunes of all time too so I think the Hall of Fame as we talked about in the interview is just a matter of time with that band so turning our attention now Two, the band Warrant. Warrant, uh, as many of you know, broke out in uh late, late 1980s with an album called Dirty Rotten, Filthy, Stinkin' Rich. Had the singles Down Boy, Heaven, and a few others. And then really broke the door open with the album Cherry Pie with the uh, title track from that album. Uh, invite you, as I did, go back and dust that CD or cassette if you still have it off and listen to some of the other songs on that album. I know Cherry Pie is still here, and it's kind of a satire of maybe what that whole era was like but the rest of the album uh, still very very strong material so they uh, had gotten back together and done kind of a full-blown reunion in 2008 things did not work out with Janie Lane uh, you can go on many different websites and kinda of chronicle the problems that Janie Lane had professionally and personally uh, but the band as jerry mentions in this interview they needed to carry on Um there's a lot of musical talent it wasn't a one-man show so they recruited vocalist Robert Mason who most notably had been with the Lynch Mob they had a new album that has come out here at the end of May of 2011 uh, the album is called Rockaholic I invite you to sit back listen to the t- uh, first single from that album this is a song called Life is a Song then we're going to talk to Jerry Dixon of Warrant
2: Life's a to play. From the crater to the grave It's the memories trapped inside the sea Anything that we want to see But all we really hoping for Is someone who will love us It's the step we make When we give and take To love what's gone Nothing wrong And all they really needed was Someone to listen Without conditions and Life's a favor to the fame Making love to rainy day on your wedding day with all you
3: Joining us on the show today, Jerry Dixon. How are you doing today, Jerry?
4: Doing wonderful.
0: How are you doing?
3: I cannot complain. Uh, wanted to get in touch with you. Obviously, the uh, release of Rockaholic is fresh in everyone's mind, and Warrant is kind of on the brain, coming off of a, a pretty stellar performance at the M3 Festival. So, we wanted to talk a little Warrant with you. Um, question: You, you and Eric are, are one of the two original members of the band. How did you guys kind of meet up back in the day?
1: Uh, we met at the world famous Troubadour. Actually. Okay. I was, uh, yeah, I was 16 and I was actually there doing a, uh, doing my first show with, okay. a, with a band. Uh, at the time the guys in the band were like 21 years old. Like mm-hmm. God, I, I, they were so old for me. And, uh, anyways, Eric's band was, uh, on after us and, uh, I saw them and they were all like, you know, my age and they were just great. And I, I, uh, ended up there was an after party and, uh, I just kind of went up to him and said, Hey man, your bass player is horrible. I need <laughs> to be in this band. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I guess the guy was just filling in or something. And, uh, you know, a couple days later we got together and, uh, the baby warrant was born.
3: Yeah. Now did you guys, um, you guys kind of, everyone else kind of articulated into the band. Stephen joined shortly thereafter, and um, how did uh, Janie come to be in the band? I mean, he was from uh, in our neck of the woods near Pittsburgh and actually from Akron, Ohio, originally. How did you guys meet up with him?
1: Um, well, he was with Stephen. They were both from Ohio. Okay. And uh, we at that time, we actually needed, we were looking for a, a singer and a drummer. There and, he uh, it just so happened
3: that it was kind of a package deal. Yeah, now you guys um, had pretty, uh, I mean, uh, from those of us all looking on the outside in, it seemed like overnight success. I remember uh, when the video for Down Boys broke and uh, you guys went from being kind of unheard of to being everywhere. Was it that quick in, in your mind or, or was there a lot of growing pains that we didn't get to see? Well,
1: I, I think once it kind of hit that, video hit you know things you know up to that point you know it took a long time we were that our record didn't come out till 1989 okay which which is, was really almost missing the whole boat um, yeah you know, band, you know like motley was out in like 83 or 84 poison was signed in 84 dozen and roses so yeah you know we were you know, we, we were like the last band in that era to
2: mm-hmm.
1: finally, you know, get signed. And, you know, we had worked on getting that deal and and making that record for, uh, you know, I think we were together about maybe five years. So, okay. you know, it, it didn't just happen in, in, you know, one foul swoop. Year.
3: It wasn't quite what they, uh, Led everyone uh, to believe. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with Red Beach of Winger, and he had said almost the exact same thing you just said. We were just a little too late to the party. You know, if they'd come a couple of years earlier, they could have been, you know, living in mansions to this day. Like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the guys that got in, like, in 84 and 85, uh, you know, enjoyed a lot yeah. more success. Yeah, they, uh, you
1: know, those were kind of some prime prime years to, to be doing, uh you know, to Be putting out records. So yeah, Winger, they were, I think they were like a little bit before us, but uh.
3: Yeah, it's kind of split in half. Yeah,
1: then we didn't have much time, you know, till Nirvana came out and uh, crushed the, crushed our scene. Yeah. (laughs) Helped start it, you know. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, great, great band anyways. uh, Yeah,
3: yeah, for what they were. Yeah, I remember seeing you guys on the Cherry Pie Tour. Uh, at what is, uh, like a 12,000 seat venue in the Pittsburgh region, uh, you guys had come and you were headlining, I think it was like three or four bands, and then like a year or two later, you know, a band like Queensryche couldn't even sell half of the venue, you know, and it, it just dried up so quickly, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, that's the, you know, problem with, I guess, anything that goes, goes up too quick, comes down just as quick, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's media based and it's hype based and label based and all that MTV. You know, Yeah. that's kind of what's cool about things nowadays. You know, if, if you, you know, where we're at now is, you know, if you can if you can create a good following and a good base, there's mm-hmm. nothing to really, you know, no storm can come along like that and, you know, and mm-hmm. affect you as bad as, as you know, those. Giant media companies did back then, because you know once they once they were done with you and on to the next thing, yeah, it, you know to the average fan, you know you might as well have been dead.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it is so. kind of funny because you guys put out some phenomenal records post Cherry Pie, but even you know as a fan, I mean I think I saw you guys three times in the first two albums. You know, a lot of the the stuff that you did after, you know, Dog Eat Dog and and, and onward kind of got lost in the shuffle, you know. And yeah,
1: which is, you know, it's, uh, that kind of really bums me out because that, you know, I think like Belly to Belly and Ultra Phobic, and mm-hmm. I think those records help tell the story. You know, like people are okay. What happened with your old singer? What happened? You know, yeah. where is he at? What do you guys? you know, how did you get here? Where have you been? And mm-hmm. I always tell people that, you know, go, if you really want the truth, is just to go back. And it's the weirdest thing. If you listen to those records in order, Yeah, it's like everything is in the lyrics. Everything is in the songs. It just kind of gets darker and darker and darker and darker. And then, yeah. you know, with Born Again and Rockaholic, you see this, you know, you can kind of feel the music going back up. So, uh, yeah. kind of an interesting way to review the, the lifespan of Warren.
3: Yeah, you can certainly, J- Janie never really held anything back in his lyrics, which was kind of the, the blessing and the curse of, of Janie, and I don't I obviously yeah. don't want to dwell too much on that. Uh, that is what it is. One question I had for you, um, I was watching recently the video, uh, the DVD you guys did, they came from Hollywood, and I noticed Dimebag Daryl uh, joining you guys on stage. Um, were you guys closer? Or was he just happened to be at the same festival you guys appeared to be at?
1: Um, no, he, you know, he's a, he was a big, uh, fan, and, and for the most part, he loved just 80s rock. You know?
2: Yeah.
1: And that's what was cool about him. He was, uh, you know, he was in this heavy band, but he always, uh, you know, he made it very well known. that he loves, he loved, loved Warren, he loved, uh, you know, all the 80s stuff. And, uh,
3: yeah, we just, we were
1: doing a show uh, on that festival, and uh we were all just hanging out, and uh, he was, you know, next thing he knows, he, he was up all the way, like, come on up, and he was like, alright, cool, you
3: know? Yeah, that just and seemed to been,
1: be... I was just listening yeah. to that record the other day, were, uh, the greatest hits, and man, stuff is so good.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was truly really a tragedy and a great loss. Yeah. From metal. Yeah,
1: it really, Uh kind of made me sick to my stomach, I'm like, that's just so hard to believe, you
3: know. Yeah.
0: Something
3: like that can happen. Yeah. Now, uh, fast forward to uh to more current years, um do you want to talk a little bit about the process of I guess replacing Janie for the second time and how you guys more or less how Robert came into the picture?
1: Yeah, basically uh you know, we we you know, Janie, ah, man, he just quit the band. You know, publicly, you know, three or four times, but behind the scenes, it was that more like hate, yeah. and, uh, anyways, we just, you know, we, we, uh, in, like, 2004, we just said that to it, and, uh, we got James St. James in the band, and then, uh, we did Born Again, and, uh, then 2008, was kind of a weird, unique opportunity came, came about, and, uh, where we would kind of entertain the idea of getting the original band back together. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, just giving it one more shot. And, sure. uh, you know, and it was like, you know what, we deserve that. So at least try it. And, mm-hmm. uh, so we did. And of course it ended, uh, tragically as usual. Yeah. And, uh, like near the end of that, we, we had, uh, done a show in Rock, Oklahoma, and, uh, Robert. Was there, and his band was playing and whatnot, and, uh, we just, uh, I guess Joey and I at different times saw Robert backstage and said, we need your number. <laughs> 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 Houston, we have a problem, and, uh, yeah. you know, come to find out later, Joey's like, well, I talked to him too, and, uh, you know, it was just time to, to, to move on, and uh, we had known Robert for, uh, you know, We've known him since the 80s, really. Sure. And uh, that was it. And the next week, he flew out. We flew him out. Uh, we played about a half a song and said, you're welcome to Warrant, brother. And uh, that's it. You know, we have no paperwork with him. It's just, like, it's just real simple, easy fit in. And it's, uh, it's been just wonderful to, you know, to be able to work again and, and do what we love to do. And hmm not
3: have to deal with the drama yeah yeah there's quite a bit of that um, when it came to time to write the album do you want to talk a little bit about how how you do it today obviously in the past it was more of a dictatorship when it came to writing but I mean how does the band write material now
1: um, well it, it you know there's usually each song is you know it, it either starts with one guy or it's you know, collaboration between, like, Robert, myself, and, and Eric, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're all a little bit different, you know, there's there's songs like, uh, uh, let me pick, like, Dusty's Revenge, where, you know, Eric and I started it out, and just kind of started out with an idea on a plane ride, you know, and, and then I kind of came up with the music, and then me and Eric arranged it, and then it's needed a little part, and then Robert came in and and wrote, like, the middle eight section, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's songs, like, uh, like Home, where Robert just wrote by himself and said, hey, check this out, and we were like, wow, this is fabulous, done, you know? Mm -hmm. And and similarly, like, unlike the song, I had written that one, and, you know, usually if everybody digs it, um, we just, you know, you just stamp it done, and you move on, so, uh, Mm -hmm. But then, you know, there's, there's collaborations like Innocence Gone, it's like, you know, Robert and I wrote that together. Sure. You know, some of them were in the same room, some of them we've done via email. And Sure. So it's the, you know, each thing's, uh, you know, each song's a little bit different and, uh, you know, and I think that we're lucky because the bands, you know, everybody's really cool and open-minded about, you know, the demoing process and not, not, outcasting a song do a
3: shitty
1: demo or something Sure. yeah now you so, you got it that way you know
3: yeah now you guys didn't uh didn't go easy on yourself uh you you chose uh, keith Olson to go into the studio with his obviously uh mega producer extraordinaire um how much influence did did keith have on the sound of the record um well i
1: think you know what what The reason why we wanted to use Keith and what Keith did and brought to the table was just basically having that, you know, bringing back that magic of what a producer does. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a lost art, sadly enough, that, you know, a lot of bands, they get their budget and think, oh, I have Pro Tools, I can make a record. Yeah. And it's so so beyond that, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's about years and it's about constantly having like a, you know, mad scientist like Keith just making decisions every second of every track of every take, he's constantly thinking about the big picture, and uh, it was awesome, man, it was cool, and and I think what was the most interesting thing was the things that he took out of a song, if Hmm. that makes sense, he put... He put a lot of holes in things and let things breathe. Yeah, I and I, I just was like, wow, that I would have never thought of that. You know, just just things like that that you get that kind of sixth member uh, outside opinion is is just you know it's great.
3: Yeah, it's always good to have somebody who's got. Uh maybe uh, doesn't have their heart attached to a song the way you guys do. I mean, these are your babies. You take them in, and you, you, in your head, know what you want it to sound like. But sometimes, you know, it's always good to have that extra set of ears, especially his set of ears. Um, you know, there's a guy who yeah. who knows how to make an album successful.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, it was just interesting that, you know, certain songs that maybe the band was on the fence about, you know, he would, he got attached to, you know, uh-huh. like weird stuff like tears in the city. He was like, I, you know, that's great. And I'm like, really cool. Cause I think it's great, but I don't think the band likes it. And I don't think this guy likes it. And I don't know, but I like it. And <laughs> yeah, you know, he just helped make those decisions. Yeah. That, that like you said, you get too close to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, besides I mean, he been the talent that he, he brought in was, uh, you know, he just yeah. really, Made, you just made, it really brought everybody together and, and made
0: sense of the, the songs and, and what we do.
3: Yeah. And I, I have to admit, now listening to the album, the album is, is tremendous and I, you guys certainly deserve a lot of congratulations and I'm glad to see it, uh, getting the attention it is. But I have to admit, I was a little bit skeptical of what Warrant would be like live. You know, there was certain, you know, you have this image of what the Warrant front man and Jamie included in that, uh, mold but I was I was very refreshed to see some of the uh, YouTube footage of the m3 festival to see Robert on stage with you guys it really really does work
1: yeah it you know that's that's what uh, was so cool about the first time when we got together with him um, you know it's just kind of that magical thing that it takes to be in a band with people and it just was like ah this this is it again you know yeah. this is that again, and this is what it should be like again, and yeah, and and when we play live, I, I kid you not, you know, nobody has ever once said anything, they just, all they do is they leave, and they're like, wow, that was great, yeah. and, uh, you know, I think if you can, you know, pull that off like that, then it's cool, you know,
0: and yeah.
1: you know, you know, nobody likes member changes, and nobody likes them. I mean, we don't like it. it you know, it's it's wasted half my career yeah. screwing around with it. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. It's not perfect. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, you know, we started Warrant without someone, and we're going to finish it without them. And we're just, we've kind of put our foot down to that, and we're not going to, you know, live in that shadow anymore. You know? Yeah, but Moving forward, and we're going to make records, and, you know, Yeah, that's just the way it's (laughs)
3: going to be. And and in all honesty, I mean, you look at it, though, I mean, the collaboration and, you know, the songwriting process sometimes can be so much more refreshing just injecting that new blood. Like you said, I mean, switching members is never fun, and fans always seem to kind of, Resist that you know they want to see the original five people that they you know saw on the cover the first I mean that's not just true with with warrant that's true probably with any band, but at the end of the day, if you guys were making a crap record with the original five or no record with the original five, then you know we're no better off so you know, i
1: yeah, don't... yeah that's uh. That's very true, and I, I wish more people would understand that. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, I, I defy anybody.
1: Go, go to YouTube and type in, Want Las Vegas? And that's what you could have had. And we refuse to do that. You know, We refuse yeah. to play shitty shows and rip people off. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I hope people can see past that and respect that.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I would urge people to go to YouTube and type in, Life's a Song, and, and take that approach.
1: Ah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I oh, like
3: that even better. Jerry, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you've got a lot of other press and things like that to do.
1: Okay, well thank you, man. I appreciate you uh doing these interviews with us. It's
3: awesome. All right, man. You take care.
1: Okay. Bye. Okay, you too.
4: Thanks. Motley crew is hitting the road. Yeah. The with poison. Don't need the band that inspired the all oh, of New York, oh, York Dolls. Know, a one-time only event. Girl, 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 baby. Me, yeah. July 24th, doors at 5.30 at Stage A.E. Outdoors. Motley Crew. Poison. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster Outlets. Call 800 745 3000 or Ticketmaster.com. For more info, visit PromoWestLive.com. Motley Crew, Boys and, and the New York Dogs. More info at Motley.com. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore. Leonard Skinner, God and Guns Tour. Still alive, still alive. Doors open at 6.30, Friday, July 29th at Stage AE Outdoors. Skinner Nation Unite. Come on, come on. Tickets are on sale now at all Ticketmaster locations or call 800 745 3000. For more info, visit promowestlive.com. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore. Leonard Skinner, live from Freedom Hall, in stores now. Scream your heart out and get ripped Whipped. White Snake, U.S. Tour 2011, Trip Total Media Amphitheater August 16th, with special guest Mr. Big. Tickets on sale now at all Ticketmaster outlets, ticketmaster.com, or by calling 1 800 745 3000. The new album,
3: Forevermore, available everywhere now. For more, see Whitesnake.com. Produced by Drusky Entertainment and Pittsburgh Concert Group. All right, giving you a taste of some of the great shows that are coming into the city of Pittsburgh this summer. I uh, really have to say, this summer is, is shaping up to be a phenomenal sh- summer for outdoor shows. Uh, the uh, advent of Stage AE, the ever-popular uh, TripTotal Media Amphitheater of a Station Square, Uh, providing some great, great concerts. So if you're not getting out to see some live music this summer, then uh, shame on you. Um, We want to thank you for joining us uh, today. If you want to check out what shows are coming to Pittsburgh, you can go to ironcityrocks.com and click on the concert calendar, and we've got all the venues uh, in and around the city covered. On that site as well. Also, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see the Motley Crue Poison Show in July. Uh, you can enter that using the contest link on our website. Also, a pair of tickets to see the Monkeys uh, is available there as well. And you want to stay tuned uh, to our Facebook page, facebook dot com forward slash Iron City Rocks. All this week, we've been giving away pairs of tickets to see Sully Erna of Godsmack at the uh, Carnegie Music Hall. So. You really want to uh, get on there and like us on there, follow us on Twitter, uh, or it's just twitter.com forward slash Iron City Rocks. Uh, announcing the official dumping of MySpace. Um, it just got to be the point where it seemed to have no purpose anymore. Um, and I invite any bands out there that are listening. I know there are a lot of local musicians to seriously consider if you've only got MySpace and no other social media websites. That uh, it might be time to wake up and smell the future. Um, the latest modifications to MySpace I thought were pretty horrendous. So, just a word of warning. Again, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us. We are on iTunes. Uh, You can leave us review feedback there. You can also use the contact link on our website to get in touch with us as well. We appreciate any and all feedback, both good and bad. You take care, and we'll see you at a show this summer.
2: Thank you very much, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.